0: Why was the Rebbe opposed to Hasidim going to college? In the last discussion, I shared a number of ideas from the Rebbe about the risks of college, the dangers of college um, that the Rebbe articulates. And I may have come across a bit passionate and maybe even a little bit vindictive, which makes me uh, uncomfortable with myself because nobody benefits from somebody screaming at them. But the Rebbe was so passionate about it. He spoke about it so much. Um, the three arguments that it's a place of pritzos, it's a place of apokursos, and then there's the basic idea that chochmas chitzenius is metamameach v'alef. And then, of course, in addition to that, the idea that when you go to college, retman amensch, that you learn how to be a human being in college when in fact the opposite is true, are ideas that were very near and dear to the Rebbe. But I want to continue this conversation. And I'm going to continue this conversation by beginning with a story. And I'm telling this story with all the respect in the world. But I believe it it reveals a, a clear difference in shita. It's possible that I've spoken about this before, but I want to talk about this now in this context. You know, Jews came to America. Jews came to the West, right? When did that start? When did that start? I think it's a reasonable argument to be made that it started after the First World War. It, it started before, but it started in a real way after the First World War. What I mean when I say that is that Jews, European Jews, Ashkenazi Jews, were by and large shtetl-yidden until World War One, and then they became big city-yidden subsequent to World War One. And the reality is that you go back to the 1890s and the turn of the last century, most Jews in the world were from. From. Most Jews in the world, more than half the Jews in Russia and in Poland were Shemishabas, Shabbos. Maybe a lot more. Within two generations, those numbers were reversed, Rahman al And the direction was falling cataclysmically, rapidly, indescribably fast. And of course, the social explanations for this incredible collapse was Tzadis upheaval, and displacement. Right? There were so many reasons the Jewish people lost their roots. There was direct attacks against religion in Russia, and there was anti-Semitism, very severe anti-Semitism in Galicia and Poland, which had not existed before World War I, in that way. And it, it very, very rapidly rattled uh, the Jewish people. And then, of course, we had the tragedy of the Holocaust, and then the, uh, the center of Jewish life, shifted from Europe, from Russia, to America and Israel, I suppose. And if you could get into the head of a God will be Israel. Yeah, you are a leader of Jewish people. And you have seen the physical decimation of your people. And you're a physical Holocaust. And you're also witnessing an equally tragic spiritual Holocaust. With the same kind of numbers. Millions of Jews going away from Shabbos and Kosher and Mikvah and Phil and, and the moon and the Eveshtek and shooting. And you set your course to reverse that trend. Or to set the ship right, so to speak. So you need to have a course of action. You need to have a course of action. Yeah? The Philikaba came to America and thought about it and came up with a course of action. Of course, at the foundation of that course was Children. Lach, not just teaching adults, but teaching children. And of course the Rebbe continued that tradition. But it's more complicated than that. And then there are of course other Gedele Yisrael who had different approaches. So I'm going to tell you a story. I know a man, I knew a man, who was very close to the Rav, to the who was a on o'elom, and he was a, God Yisrael, he was a leader amongst Jewish people. Uh, but he believed as a god will be a struggle, with his philosophy about the future of the jewish people in america if jews were going to survive with a jewish identity in america was teiro mada teiro madam means by getting a secular education by going to college and being aware of what's going on in the world you are better prepared to face the challenges of the world on religious grounds to be a thrumyid and i know a man who told me that he was he lived in boston lived in Boston, and Mr. Rabbi Salavechik, the rab was coming out of an elevator, and he was there in the hallway, and he grabbed them by the collar, or vice versa. He was coming out of the elevator. He grabbed them by the collar, and he said to him, promise me you'll send your children to college. This yid had a very strong connection to Rabbi Salavechik, but his children were in Lubavitchim, and in Lubavitchim, certainly in those days, the idea of college was a davar a And the knew it. He said, I want you to promise me you can send your kids to college. Because he didn't only believe in sending children to college because he wanted them to be worldly. He believed that sending children to college was the preferred way to keep them through. In other words, if they're going to be intelligent and professional and successful, they're likely to remain more from. This was his shita. This is what he held. And you know, until the late 60s and the early 70s, you could have made a case for his position. It began to change where, where to stay from was to become what they call a black hatter and a Haredi and going away from the center. It didn't start until the late 60s and early and mid 70s. So he wanted this Jew to promise him to send his children to college not because he wanted, he was concerned with their profession, he may have been concerned with that as well, but because his shita was that this is how you make a Jew from an America. This is what he held. But the Rabbit disagreed with the rab on this completely. The Rebbe believed in what's called Tera Tmima, only Tera. And uh, the Rebbe believed moreover in what's called chinuch al that you raise a Yiddish kid just with Tera. The Rebbe did not believe that even in America, the way to raise a frum child and a Hasidic child is through exposure. You know, we have a system, we have a, med- a medical technique which is called inoculation. The principle of inoculation is that you take a virus or an illness, in a form that is dormant, that is latent, and you give it to a person, so the person develops antibodies to it, that if Chas HaShalom later on, he's exposed to that illness, he can have an ability to fight it. In other words, exposing them to something negative, to protecting them from being hurt by that negativity. The Rebbe disagreed. The Rebbe felt and feels that if you want to raise a Jewish child, you have to raise them pure, in an environment of purity, just God. I mean, the Rebbe went as far as not exposing children to non-kosher toys. It's a very, very clear approach of the Rebbe. That when you're raising a Jewish child, what you're doing is not preparing them to make a living. What you're raising a Jewish child is you're teaching them how to be a Jew. And how to be a Jew is about Yiddishkeit and about holiness and about separation from the world worldliness is not a part of our self-definition. In other words, even if you say, or even if the circumstances, yeah, that a person goes to college, college is not a part of who he is as a human being. College is something that he needs to get a particular skill for a particular purpose, which is for Panasa. His identity is tighter. I once met a man who was an emergency room doctor. Emergency room doctors are very good doctors because they don't do the same procedures over and over and over again. They have on their toes. Bright fellow. And he learned a lot of teira. He learned to adapt. Yami another and others. And we had a chance to learn together. It goes back many, many years. So he says to me, I practice medicine, but I'm not a doctor. That's what he told me. I practice medicine, but I'm not a doctor. And I looked at him. And I said, what does that mean? You, you didn't uh, go to medical school? So I did. You didn't graduate? So I did. So why are you mean not a doctor? He says, I don't consider it an honorable profession. It's a job. Learning Dafyomi is honorable. Those were his words exactly. <laughs> I, I practice what I do for a living. I don't define myself by that. I define myself by blat gemara. This is really the ultimate spirit. And this is the tragedy of a part of our community where it's not just about college, it's not just about panasa, it's about how we define ourselves. Are we worldly? Are, are, is a labavitcher chosid worldly? And the answer is categorically not. Now, shluchim go out into the world, and they have to influence the world, and change the world, and obviously the world, they have to learn how to navigate that world, and they use the world for that purpose. But the definition of a labavitcher chosid is, our world is a pure world a holy world in other words what is important to us is the Evishtar and teire mitzis you see and you can't bluff this when you're communicating this to your children if world matters to you it's going to matter to them which means that you're missing the spirit of chesidus and this is part of the tragedy in the young adults young adults are smart but they're not deep they're smarter. They have better memories. They have sharper minds. But they're not yishtelt. They don't have a philosophy of life. They're very impressed by the intellectual aspect of ideas. Consequently, that world is an incredible lore. They're drawn into it. They are enchanted by it. And they feel like they were cheated from intellectualism and from scholarship because they never sat in yeshiva and sifka their whole life. They don't yet realize that this is Ideas, information that's not connected to what's real. Real is Hashem. Real is life. Ideas are not life. Ideas are tools for life. But when you're 21 and 22 and 23, you're not deep enough to appreciate the context of ideas. I tell people all the time that throughout life we evolve. We go through stages, just like little kids. We play with their hands for a long time until they figure out how to use their hands and they do something else. We go through different stages in life. And one of the stages in life that we go through is uh, discovering your brain. I'm smart. I can reason. I can think. And it's an incredible discovery. And when you discover your brain, you obsess about it. Everything has to be intellectual. But like discovering your hands, if a baby discovers his hands, I mean, they're 20 years old, they're still playing with their hands. They're, 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 They're sick. Discovering your brain is not the end of life. Life is about discovering your soul. Life is about discovering kindness, and humility, and wisdom, and giving, and the Eivishtes, and pay Teire Mitzvot. And this is what the Rebbe is talking to. The fact that this is very confusing. It's very, if you're a parent, and you have a young adult child that you want to educate, so that you make a living and have a profession, it's, you have to remember when you were 21 and 22, how much intellectualism, besides for all the perverseness, which is so pervasive on university campuses. Just the ideas, just the, the coolness of knowledge that the kids feel like they didn't get from Gemara. Unfortunately, Gemara is the greatest chokhmah in the world. Some of them feel like they, for some reason it didn't work for them. And it enchants them, it intoxicates them. And it's klipo. Knowledge is wonderful. Knowledge is a great thing, but it needs a context. And when knowledge defines us, secular knowledge defines us, it's a klipa. It's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the Rebbe's philosophy. The Rebbe didn't believe him, he believed, In other words, that knowledge has to have a technical purpose, not a defining purpose. Um, Mrs. Sharfstein, she lives listen to me well, tells the story. It's, been, it's on Chabad.org. You can see it all over the place how she, she wrote an expose in Kron Heights as a doctoral thesis when she was already a, a, not a young girl. And she sent it into Dereba the Rebbe, and the Rebbe edited it. And one of the points that she writes is that the Rebbe's philosophy is that people shouldn't go to college until their philosophy of life is firmly established. In other words, she said that you can't go to college because you're smart. You can go to college because you know who you are already. And a 20-year-old doesn't know who he is. He doesn't. Even a 30-year-old doesn't know who he is. If you're married and you have responsibilities, you learn quicker. You need to have a clear self-identity. And a lot of these kids, most of these kids, do not have a clear self-identity. And if your self-identity isn't strong, that world is going to to rattle your self-identity. And in many cases, create a new one, not a healthy one. Not only not a healthy one on religious grounds, not even a healthy one on humanitarian grounds. Where the most important things in life are not going to be family and marriage and children and community. It's going to be superficial things, worldly things. This is a part of the Rebbe's concern that we. So, so, so she wrote in her piece that, that the Rebbe is not in favor of people going to college until they're firmly established in their personal beliefs, their own values. So the Rebbe wrote they shouldn't think about going to college; they're established in their personal beliefs. It's it's very critical that we understand that the idea that not going to college is a punishment from on high. You know, the Rebbe is a mean Rebbe. And he's not letting us do what we want. And of course, so many people are going to say, it's not the Rebbe anymore, it's me. And I, I have no opinion. I'm not entitled to an opinion. I'm a nobody. We try to sh- communicate the Rebbe's thoughts, the Rebbe's beliefs. Um, the Rebbe actually once spoke publicly in the beginning of the Nesillas, at the printed sikha, where a woman wrote the Rebbe a letter that you're trying to create a bunch of losers who are a uh, dependent class. They need you because they're no good for anything else. Because the Rebbe doesn't want to go to school and become educated and become professionals. And the Rebbe was very hurt. And he said a whole sikhah that the Rebbe deshver cared about each person bagash and the Rebbe defended himself. And that this opposition to college is not just to be mean. And it goes much deeper than becoming fry. It goes to being a Jew to the core. And an 18-year-old is a baby when it comes to these things. A 21-year-old is A baby. I know this because I see this, I speak, I know, I, I know this because I'm in this business. It's a sakana. It's a dangerous thing. And the later one goes, in other words, the more gestalt, the more one is healthy in his self-identity on a core level, the less dangerous it is. It's never without danger. But for young people, you know, it's, it's a critical age. It's a fun time to be an intellectual in an intellectual environment. And it's intoxicating. It's enchanting but it's a distract it's not the deepest level of the human being it's a relatively speaking shallow level of the human being and when you define yourself by that superficial level you're going to have a superficial life mm-hmm.